This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and welcome to Episode 306 of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is sponsored by Advanced Compliance Solutions, your one-stop shop to all things compliance-related services. Today I have with me Linda Lattimore. Linda is the founder of Cross Sector Institute, which is a community and educational platform by and for global citizens who seek to share and receive knowledge in a world where social responsibility has become the norm and no longer the exception. She has developed a platform for not only sharing information on social responsibility and social responsibility obligations and services, but also has provided an educational component. It is a very interesting concept. There are lots of uh, CSR folks out there, but Linda has put together a platform which uh, teaches the compliance practitioner what their obligations are under CSR. The episode comes in at uh, just over 20 minutes. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. And I need to note the audio is uh, not up to standard today, so I apologize in advance. But thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to this episode of the FCPA Compliance and Ethics Report. Today, I have with me Linda Lattimore. Linda and I were on a uh, State Bar Texas trip to Cuba earlier this year, and I found out about a really interesting initiative that she was putting together, which she has gone live with, which is called Cross-Sector Law, and it deals with corporate social responsibility. And I've visited with others on that topic on this podcast, but Linda comes at it from a very different angle. So, Linda, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Lots to talk about. Yeah. So, um, I guess let's just start off uh, telling the audience a little bit about yourself, and then uh, what you see the role of lawyers in corporate social responsibility, or CSR, and then how did you get to cross-sector law, and what's that all about? Okay. All right. So, um Oh, my God, I've practiced law for a gazillion years, like a number of other lawyers, and uh, my background has been um, general counsel of two or three multinational companies, and also I was the head of the fraud section at the U.S. Attorney's Office for a number of years prosecuting white-collar crime cases. Um, And so um, that is maybe obviously very vigilant when it comes to things like compliance. Um, uh, which is helping good set also as chief compliance officer for a couple of these companies. One of the things that I noticed along my path was that in setting up some of these departments, um, supply chain had, be- had become the enforcer of social responsibility programs. So we kind of have to take a look at what's going on in the marketplace out there. Um, we all know that you know, the last couple of decades have been rife with all kinds of, um, you know, corporate debacles everywhere from the MCIs to the Enrons and the Adelphias and a number of other companies that really got themselves into problems. And, you know, with that, we started seeing a number of different laws come in um, in terms of compliance. But we also saw that the, the general public was, you know, really coming forth with a, a hue and cry, uh, asking for transparency on everything. So... Thus comes the social responsibility movement, uh, which has really been around for a really, really, really long time. Um, It's not something that just showed up the last couple of years. I mean, people started advocating for uh, social responsibility initiatives way back um, 
just in, you know, the prohibition area even. So, um, but it's really, really apparent now, and it's now the norm. Um, it's no longer sort of a nice-to-have. Every company is now being faced with having a lot of social responsibility programs. Um, and I just didn't feel like our lawyers were keeping up to date with that. Um, and so I started looking at it um, from a more holistic point of view and decided that maybe it's time that we shared our knowledge with each other um, in our various silos. You know, Tom, I kind of feel like we have become as lawyers very vertical in our practices. Um, right. We don't have the, like, general practitioner for medicine anymore. You know, you have your arm doctor and your leg doctor and your heart doctor. Well, we've done the same thing in our in our practices of law. Everyone is very specialized in a particular area. But what these companies are facing today is having to create social responsibility strategies that concern employee benefits, that concern green initiatives, that concern uh, FCPA and compliance initiatives, SOX, uh, if it's a public company. Um, and the lawyers tend to be very, very, you know, stuck in one you know, one particular expertise, but what they're not doing is looking at it holistically for the entire company where they might know one thing, but they might not really understand the impact something else. And um, I just felt like it was time to bring all that knowledge together, hopefully in a platform um, where we can share that knowledge. How does cross-sector law do that? How does it break those silos down, number one, and then number two, allow either, you know, a solo guy, a practitioner, or perhaps even a business person, to utilize the broad base of knowledge around corporate social responsibility? So it's, it's a pretty new. It's only, it's, it's really just a, um, a few months old. Um, so we're in a gathering mode right now. Um, I've been looking for other attorneys who would like to, to teach a particular uh, topic around that has a social responsibility angle to it, not just a, a standard CLE class that could be for anything, but one that really is in this space. Um, and so it's attracting in, you know, people that really do have an expertise. Um, Nick Evanoff has, has uh, shown up. He's been general counsel of a handful of public companies, and so he's been very interested in, in teaching uh, some classes, classes on all of the disclosure requirements that we're now, fa you know, faced with that maybe we didn't know before. You know, there's new SEC reporting requirements. There's, uh, he's got a strong class on um, Dodd Frank, um, and so we have another lawyer. Uh, I'm a Turner that had some experience, for example, uh, at Marathon in CSR, and um, you know exactly what are some of the issues that we're faced when we go into another country. Uh, then they require us to, um, you know, have some local content, use use local people, perhaps build a school. I mean, what is our responsibility to these cultures in these countries when we exit um, that country, uh, for example? Um, then we have another lawyer, Christy Morgan Aronica, uh, who is a government contracts lawyer. And, of course, um, federal contractors are faced with all kinds of different requirements these days with green initiatives to everything else, and a lot of them don't really have a sense of what they are exactly. They rely on their lawyers. Um, but you might have an environmental lawyer who understands a piece of it. You might have a contracts lawyer. But it's time we all had one space to go and look at this information together. 
Um, so that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm actually looking for other people who want to contribute because I think there's a collective wisdom here that we have to share um, if we really are going to understand how to move forward. I, I can't tell you actually how many lawyers, particularly lawyers out of some of the law firms, not so much the internal counsel, actually say to me, what is corporate social responsibility? They still have in their mindset that it's a matter of writing a philanthropy check through some kind of philanthropy committee with inside a corporation, when actually it is so much bigger than that. Um, it affects every department of the company. So you know, You're absolutely right in what I see in even in corporations, sophisticated multinational corporations today, is exactly the siloed nature uh, that you're talking about. There, It's rare, particularly for a lawyer, whether that lawyer is in the legal department, compliance department, or some other department, to understand the, what you term the holistic approach, but really the, the bigger, the big picture within their company, or even the strategic uh, initiatives that they're putting forth. They either work on uh work on the proposals, they work on the delivery systems, they work on the contracts. Nobody works on the exit strategy. Uh, so that is a, a really a, a great way to think about corporate social responsibility. Do you, do you have a chance or do you envision this platform as being available for the business aspect as well or is it for lawyers only? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I tell you, when I, when I originally started thinking about it, I was only working on one particular class. What I really wanted to, to look at was an ethics class for lawyers um, because, you know, our ethics codes generally talk about our duties to our clients, um, to the judge, or and to the other lawyers, but it never actually says anything about our duties back into our community until you really go and look at it and you look at some of the comments within those sections and you can see that we have a lot of leeway to participate in some of these initiatives. Um, so I had pulled together uh, a class, on, an ethics class for lawyers about some of the conflicts and some of the challenges that our clients are facing and that are causing us to face too, um, and what do we do about it. You know, our clients, for example, are now being told by, by the investors and by the customers uh, that they need to be concerned with a lot of multi-stakeholders, like, you know, everybody has to be thought of and taken into consideration anymore. Well, as lawyers, we're used to just representing a singular issue, a singular client. We're not used to having to think about all the other stakeholders, too, and make sure that it's a win-win situation for all. Um, we're used to having confidential relationships. Now the word transparency is big out there. So there's a whole slew of um, challenges that are, are beginning to show up that we've never really had to dealt with as a practice. So that was my first entrance into it, you know, and then I began to look at another class that I started putting together for internal counsels. Many times our uh, corporate lawyers within the corporations are not actually um, get to be a part of the strategy. You know, they're told often, oh, you just worry about the legal terms and conditions on the contract. You don't need to get involved with the business. The business of business is doing business. You just handle the legal. But no longer is the business of business just doing business. Um, it's changing everywhere, and our lawyers do need to be part of the strategy. Um, they do need to be able to see the whole picture, not just a small piece. And so, you know, we're beginning to have some dialogue with internal counsel, say how can we be part of this uh, as change agents as well as this new business paradigm comes into place. Linda, in your press release announcing uh, this new initiative, you listed some of the, if not classes, general topics that will be covered. 
And I wanted to, to maybe uh, list these and have you talk about what these classes or offerings would entail and perhaps some of the others that you envision. So we've got ethics in the new world of corporate, uh, corporate social responsibility. You talked to us about that. And then I was intrigued by the next two, or excuse me, next three. Transparency and human rights at the drill bit, uh, near and dear to my energy heart. Right. Uh, measuring change and communicating impact, best practices, and then corporate governance and other CPIs. So could you tell us a little bit about those and maybe uh, uh, some of the other uh, either uh, classes you have up or ones that you envision going forward with? Well, Nick is teaching, for example, having a background in, as a uh, general counsel of two public companies in the energy business, he was very interested in some of the reporting requirements that are showing up um, I am not an energy lawyer, <laughs> so I can't tell you exactly what his class is about other than what you're seeing on the schedule there. But um, I think I'd have to go back in and look. Honestly, Tom, I think that might be one of the ones with the Dodd-Frank requirements. Uh, but he's, okay. also look, he's also looking at, uh, for example, a lot of the stock exchanges and the, the global stock exchanges now have new – uh, reporting requirements. You know, Singapore, UK, many of these companies are, are making sure that we are reporting. And so he, on that other class that, that I, he's getting ready to teach that, I don't remember when the dates are, they'll be actually looking at, okay, here's what you need to look at when you're in this country, here's what you need to look at in that country. I mean, we think about India, for example, you know, India has a new 2% rule. Um, it's one of the few countries that are out there actually have made it a law. Um, that 2% of, I don't I think it's your net proceeds over five years have to go into, um, CS, have to go into social responsibility projects. Uh, an awful lot of our clients, you know, are doing business in India. They may not realize that that is something that they have to do now. So, you know, in fact, recently I was speaking at a conference and a number of the – it wasn't to lawyers. It was um, a different kind of conference, actually a humanitarian conference, and they were all saying they had some businesses in India and they had no idea what was going on. I mean, very few people really know that 31 states have passed benefits corporations, which actually allow um, corporations to take into consideration not just the singular bottom line, but also to take into consideration, you know, public things, uh, community impact, um, planetary impact, and everything else. And, you know, and in, these flexible purpose corporations are showing up everywhere. Texas has one as well. It's not a benefits corporation, but we do have a flexible purpose, which means we can change our articles of incorporation saying that, in fact, uh, we do have a special purpose in addition to trying to make money for our stockholders. So cross-sector law is actually set up. Because it's an educational platform, it's not a law firm. It's actually set up as a special purpose corporation itself because I believe we need to walk the talk. Well, and that brings me to my next point, which is you set up an initiative which you call Cross-Sector Gives. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, Cross-Sector Gives is is a... Uh, well, it's a giving program. That sounds kind of trite. Tri it's it, where we've picked 13 different charities sort of within the social responsibility space. In other words, we have some that are on policy. We have some that are environmental. We have some. They've all been vetted. And um, 
we just want folks to be able to go in if they register for a class online, that 10% of those class proceeds will go to one of those charities. They can choose which one. There's a drop-down that allows them to choose which one so that we feel like, you know, we're also giving back. You know, so we're teaching and we're trying to share our wisdom, and I really think acting as vanguards out there, um, that it is a group of socially responsible lawyers who are trying to share what they know with other socially responsible lawyers um, and at the same time give back into their communities. And I hope, uh, as this thing begins to come together, that we'll actually come together as a group and, and perhaps do some community work together. And, and um, I know I've reached out to Lawyers Without Borders and, and some of the other groups that are that are trying to do actual hands-on work in particular areas. So, um, But that's premature right now. You know, we're, as I say, we're too young right now to, to get to that. But that that's a vision um, as this group grows. Linda, if someone wanted to find out more information on either cross-sector law or, more specifically, some of the offerings that uh, you have in place, how would they do so? Well, they would just go to the website. So... Uh, I mean, if you Google cross-sector law, it will come up. Also, it's it's X, because cross-sector law had three S's. It was way too many. So it's X, S-E-C-T-O-R, law, and uh, they can look there as well. I mean, the other I mean, the other thing that, I've, that is getting ready to go up in the next couple of months is that um, I think what's happening in so many instances is the smaller vendors of, of these companies – Many of them do not have social responsibility programs in place. Uh, and because supply chain in the major corporations has within all of their agreements these attachments that require vendors to have green initiatives and diversity initiatives and um, a ton of, um, you know, if it's government contracts for sure, a ton of other um, initiatives, the smaller companies will do one of two things. They'll either go ahead and bid, uh, and they don't have the requirements in place, and later on perhaps they're not audited. Um, And then the day that it's time to start doing cutbacks or whatever else, of course, it's find out that they're in breach of the contract almost immediately, and so sometimes they're the first to go. Or they don't even try and bid. You know, they're straight up about it. They don't have the programs. And so many times they have some of the best pricing, but they're not in the game. They're just not in the game at all because they don't even know where to begin to create a social responsibility program. So um, very shortly, uh, we'll go up our social responsibility toolkit where these vendors can go online and take, a, I think it's like a seven or eight module uh, class, um, and create some very basic programs but which will allow them to create a sustainability report of sorts that they can then at least use to go bid on some of the larger programs with some of the bigger companies so that they're, you know, in the game. So I see that will be under our program, Cross-Sector Advantage, which will offer some consulting work and then also offer these programs to some of the smaller vendors. So although it started out initially with accredited classes for um, lawyers, um, we've seen that the demand is there for the rest of the market as well for this information, so we're trying to put that together for them now. Well, as someone who looks at this process and a wide variety of different NGOs, corporations, and kind of compliance programs, I certainly see the need for uh, one place you can go for both educational uh, services and consulting. So uh, kudos for having the vision to put this together, and I really look 
forward to hearing more about you and cross-sector and your journey going forward. Thank you very much, and I, I appreciate a chance to tell people about it because I'm really open. Anyone that wants to come play and uh, come be part of this group, please reach out to me. Um, pretty easy to find. You can, you know, find me right on the website, as a matter of fact. Speaking of that, uh, if someone wanted to email you, could, uh, could they do so? And so how they do Yes, they would just write, um, I think it's lynda.lattimore at, at xsectorlaw.com. Great. Law. That'd be great. Linda, thank you very much for taking the time to visit with me. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.